So today is a very special episode because I have the privilege and opportunity to interview one of my favorite worship leaders and singers, my friend, Mark Crowder. Mark serves as a music minister in Columbus, Ohio, and he has an upcoming live recording called Faith Over Fear. You can go buy tickets to that live recording right now. It's coming up on January 15th. If you're in the Ohio area, you're not going to want to miss this night. But Mark is an old friend of mine, and we had such a great time getting to catch up with one another and get to talk about the things of God, music ministry, preaching ministry, and what it means to take people to Calvary. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so honored that you're here today. And uh, while I've got your attention here, I just want to remind you that Rachel and I's new song, Won't Let Me Go, just came out this last Friday, and uh, the music video is actually dropping today, if you're listening today. Uh, It comes out on January 3rd, the music video, the song comes out on January 1st. If you haven't got a chance to go grab it, go download it. We hope that this song blesses you. All right, let's jump into our interview with my friend, Mark Crowder. It's going to be a great episode. Let's go. my friend. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? (laughs) Man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking this beautiful uh, Wednesday morning to get to talk with me today. Oh, man. I'm so excited about this. I'm glad we can make this work. I really have been looking forward to it. You know, we've been connected um, over the years and, of course, just ministry and life. You know, I'm in Georgia, you're in Ohio. Uh, how exciting is that? You know, cause I remember <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm just going <laughs> to kind of dive in here just for a second. I don't know if I prepped you sure. for this, but, um, so you and I actually go way back. I don't know. Yes, the, we do. Yeah. The, the listeners may not know this, so I just kind of want to dive in with this. So Mark, <laughs> I want to tell you my number one memory of you. Are you ready? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for for the listeners, uh, Mark and I used to go to Calvary Tabernacle together in Indianapolis, yes, Indiana, and we actually grew up together. Now, Mark, how old are you? I'm trying to think of if we're the same I'm age. I'm 34. You're 34. Okay, so yeah. I'm 29, but okay. we were in the same youth choir. Yes, we were. Okay, so at Calvary back in the day, you know, because... Mark and I are old school Calvary members back in the day. Um, We went on a youth choir tour every year, and uh, you always led Trading My Sorrows, and you led The Presence of the Lord is Here. And I remember this very distinctively because the house would come unglued every time you led it, bro. It was so so good. But yeah, man, uh, all these years later... 
all these years later, man, it's just, it's, it's hard to believe that, uh, where we're at and, and getting, I'm so proud of you getting to see oh, everything that you're doing for God, bro. And I just, anytime that I see a friend that I grew up with, uh, working for God, man, it just does something, uh, for my soul that rejoices to say, man, I'm proud of my friend seeing him working for God. So Mark, tell us oh, a little bit about about who you are and where you serve and where are you at right now? Well, first of all, let me just say thank you for inviting me on. This is really exciting. I've just, you, you talk about being proud of me. I've been just so inspired by you and your wife. Oh, just kind of the the initiative that you've taken in your ministry and how God has allowed that to blossom into something so beautiful and powerful and, and inspirational. And that's, that's really what it's all about, kind of stepping out on faith and and uh, kind of moving forward, even when everything doesn't always seem clear. And, you know, I just, I really identify with that because that's where I am right now. But wow. to answer your question, uh, currently I'm the music director at Calvary Apostolic Church in Columbus, Ohio, under Pastor uh, Jimmy Stark and Bishop Jim Stark. I've been there almost nine years now, which is just wow. incredible how time flies. Um, but uh, it's just, it's been such, such a blessing for me. I've grown up here in, in many ways. I've, uh, I got married here, had my first child here. So it's just amazing um, how, how time flies. I have a second one on the way. So man, congratulations on that. Thank wow. you so much. So excited. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, God's doing a lot of really incredible things in, in our lives and looking forward to what's coming next. Man, that's wonderful. I'm so excited that you have another uh, baby on the way. My wife and I have two boys, and so I can tell you, man, it just gets better from here. <laughs> it really Amen. does. You know, everybody um, Everybody says, you know, when you go from one to two, you know, yeah. that's just, <laughs> you know, the, now, now I, because I'm your friend, I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> yes. You know, everybody told my wife and I, you know, having one, you know, changes your life. It's so different. But when you go from one to two, you know, you already have one. So it's not really any different. That is actually a false statement. (laughs) But it does change your life. But in a good way, in a good way, man. When we had our second boy, Ezra, Man, it's just been such a blessing. But the wow. biggest thing is bedtime routines because for yes. with when we had one child, you know, when we got one child to bed, we were done. And then yeah. we had a second child, and I found out that just because one is in bed doesn't mean <laughs> the other one is. <laughs> So true. But man, we're That's so funny. excited for you guys. And uh, now I, I'm excited to get to talk to you about this a little bit this morning because this podcast has um, a lot of listeners that are, uh, you know, they feel a call to the ministry. And so I love this opportunity to get to talk to men of God like yourself that are being used in, in the movement. Would you mind sharing with us uh, when did you first feel the call? to the ministry? How did you know you were called? And was it a one-time experience or was it a series of events that led you into this call? Sure. Um, You know this, but a lot of the listeners might not know this. My dad is uh, Felix Crowder. He's a full-time evangelist. He's been evangelizing since since the 80s, really. He he went full-time 
um, I think early nineties, but he's been evangelizing since the eighties. And, uh, um, we were always involved in, in that to certain, to a certain extent, my mother taught her scriptures and, right. and, um, I don't know how many remember, uh, two little Crowder boys up on platforms around the country and at general conference, <laughs> you know, a time or two, you know, quoting scriptures and, and Acts 38 and, you know, 10 different languages, but that was us. And wow. uh, my mom had a singing, uh, I love you Lord from a very young age. And so ministry was just really a part of my life. Um, I was called to preach at 15 in the youth service. We just had, um, our youth pastor leaving, um, our youth, interim youth pastor was preaching and I felt a very strong call then. And, um, so I've been, I've been preaching ever since then. Um, but, uh, ministry has always been part of my life and it's, it's always been, it's always been there. It's, it's just in, in many ways, it, it's, uh, it's a, it's a big part of what I identify with and the love of, of, uh, loving people and, and passion for, seeing God touch people's lives is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Wow. That's so beautiful, man. Now, when you felt the call to preach, have have you always been been musical? That's that's always been a part of your life. You have a musical yeah. family? Yes, absolutely. Like I said, we've been singing in front of people since we were 6 and 7 years old. I um my well, I should say I have my brother would would say five. I mean, it's just been that long, um, so it's it's just always been there, constantly evolving. Man, Jeremy can sing too, bro. Yes, he can. <laughs> <laughs> he can. So much talent in your family, man, and and Praise so God. so much anointing. Now, so you're you're 15, and you feel this call to preach, and yeah. you've been raised in a ministry family, so you know what it means. Uh, to be called. And, and, you know, I uh, have a similar story where I have been raised in a minister's family as well. And uh, that's not the case for everybody that's listening, but um, you will find that when you're raised in a ministry's family, it's not always the glitter and glamour side that you see. It's the the real life side of what it means to really work for God. Uh, and with that being said, what are some challenges that you faced uh, in ministry when you felt that call, especially being raised in a minister's home, and how did you overcome those challenges to become who you are today? I think there are a couple of things that stick out. I think from growing up in a minister's home, the thing that just stands out the most is just not everybody appreciates the humanity of of ministry and that there is that wow, that's good. Um, inadequacy in, in who we are as human beings. And so we really constantly have to put on a face and a, have a game face at all times. You know, you always live in a glass house. It doesn't matter what level of ministry you're at. You know, does it whether you're the pastor of the largest church in the organization or just, you know, some, you know, back in the <clears throat> back of the tool shed minister that preaches out every now and again, you know, people just expect a certain thing from you and you really don't have the downtime that other people may have. And so wow. you just learn to kind of keep that circle tight and just become comfortable with that approach. 
and I don't and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, I ministers um, going back through history have always been that solid rock for their communities, right. and so they have to be strong when everybody's weak. They have to have the game face when everybody's scared, and so I appreciate that responsibility. Um, but it's hard for people, and I understand, especially when we go through major life events that really cause us to be shaken, that those can be hard. But that's why the Bible tells us to be renewed in the Spirit, right. and so that you can have that strength when your humanity is failing. Um, I think the other thing that kind of comes in a more personal level, when you're really gifted in a particular area, especially with music, a lot of people can kind of pigeonhole you in that ministry and just say, well... Right. You know, why would you want to do anything else? You're so good at this. And that's, and I, and I said, you know, well, that's wonderful. I, I have a gifting for this, but this is my calling. You know, David had a gifting for music, but he had a calling to be the king. So wow. I, I think My, that's good. that process of being able to respond with excellence, because you should, it doesn't mean that you should abandon your gifting. It doesn't, you know, I see some people that just, refuse to work in a particular ministry because um, they really feel this calling. And I don't think that's the appropriate approach. If that's what God uses to bring about your ministry, wonderful. But I, I don't think that that's the appropriate approach. I think that we are to use our giftings as God is directed, but allow the doors to open up so that God can organize his perfect will because he didn't give you that ministry for it to just be not for it not to be used. But there may be patience that's needed. Remember, David didn't get to his calling overnight. He was anointed as a child, and he didn't get into his into the throne until he was a man. And so there's that process of time that is involved. And so patience isn't just something that's applicable to the Bible. It is still very much applicable today, no matter how much society in the world wants to push us to do us and do you and, and right. all those sorts of things that are countercultural to what the Bible Wow, that's so good, Mark. Thank you for sharing that with us. And that has been a pattern that I have seen over the years, you know, where people are gifted in different areas of ministry and we can feel locked into a certain part of that ministry. But I think you've been uh, such a wonderful example to this younger generation of what it means to operate uh, in the fullness of, of your ministry and music and preaching. Wow, and, uh, and I love, I love what you said about how David was gifted in music, but he was called to be a king. Wow. How powerful that is. I'm going to take that with me throughout my day today. But, um, speaking of, of David and his, his gifting in music, I want to, I want to, hone in on that for a moment, if that's okay with you, uh, yes, and, and because you are a wonderful example uh, to speak to us on this topic today, because you're a gifted musician, you're a gifted singer, you're a gifted songwriter, you've you've written songs like Awesome and Powerful, and bro, Cross You've Carried, uh, I really can't tell you how much that song has ministered to me, and maybe you can kind of throw in here where that song, I would love to hear where that song came from. Uh, yeah, but absolutely. what does your songwriting process look like? Cause I know when that song came out, I was blowing up your phone 
uh, Mark, Mark, Mark. <laughs> it's so good. And the reason why, bro, I mean, I'm telling you, and I just want to share this with you since I have the opportunity to speak with you this morning. It, when that song first came out, I was in my car and I turned it on and uh, you started singing just for me. Just for me, like only you can. And bro, uh, you took me to Calvary. And in that moment, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I just there alone in my car, tears streaming down my face. And here's the thing. It wasn't because of, don't misunderstand me here, but it wasn't because of your talent it was because you took me to Calvary. You used your talent to take me to Jesus. And so wow. tell me about that. What does songwriting look like for you? If uh, if you haven't heard that song, I need the listeners to go listen right now. Cross You've Carried, Just For Me, uh, by Mark Crowder. You can go buy it right now. Uh, tell us about that. What does that process look like for you, Mark? Well, wow, that testimony just really, really touches me, and um, that's what it's about, man. I, Jesus. that's why we write, you know, uh, for for those types of moments that can break through the calluses of life and get to the essence of of the matter and really speak to the heart. Um, that's you know, that's why I write, and um, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I've been writing a, a, a long time. Um, I. I prefer to let ideas develop naturally. I will say I feel like um, I write, I prefer to write uh, where songs come, you know, within a few minutes. Um, and it's just, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's kind of like that moment in time where God just speaks and it just comes just out there within five right. minutes, 30 minutes. Right. But um, most songs are not that way. Most songs <laughs> right. take time. And so yes, um, that particular song, uh, I love I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs to sing, one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Um, but um, it came out of prayer. Um, I, was, uh, I was in New York at the time. Or no, I was actually, um, I was in Columbus at the time. I had just moved here. I'm just dealing with some of the baggage and, and some of the um, uh, issues that had come out emotionally and spiritually from from New York, and and just trying to find my way in a new place and understanding how to be submitted to this new leadership. And I, it was very early in the morning. And I'm praying, and I go to my piano, and um, I just. This is, and let me just pause here for a second. Sure. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah, take your time. But there are times in life where life just is not going to be easy. Mm. And our answer isn't to just pray with the mindset of, God, why me? And fix Mm. this problem. And, you know, I need you to to change this. You know, I think there are times for that where a that's important but god didn't create us to be you know just happy on earth god didn't create us to just live picture perfect lives 
God right. created us to serve the kingdom. Yeah. When you make that choice to allow him in your life and be the king of your life, you're not just making a choice to to um, to uh, you know worship him and praise him as opposed to praising you know money and and the other things of this life. You're making a choice to serve him yeah. and serve him. Serving him comes without conditions. Serving him comes with an open heart and an open mind to whatever he leads you into. And not everything he leads you to is for him to bring you out of because testing requires the fire. And so when I was praying, I really, especially when I'm hurting the most, and that was a really tough moment, I really try to shift my prayer from whatever my focus is, whatever is causing me that distress to God, whatever you want, that's what I want. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, that's what I want to do. You, Jesus. And in that moment, that's where this came out to the highest mountains I'll climb. Mm. If that's where you want me to the lowest valley, I'll run. If that's where you're calling me, I'm going to go to the farthest corners of the earth. I'll sail if you're going there. Mm. Whatever you're doing, God, I'm going to do it. Because when I see the cross mm. that you carry just for me, just for me, because I know my face was on his mind when he was there. And those nails went through his hands or wrists, however you want to interpret that. And 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 the, the nails went through his feet. And he had to pull himself up on the cross, and he's bleeding out of his side, water and blood. And he's looking up at the sky, and he's thinking, you know, not my will, but thy will be done. It is finished. He saw me, and he knew that I wasn't perfect, and he loved me anyway. So because of that, I can give myself. Um, but uh, I... That's that's where that song came from, and that's I really try to do that when I pray, and so I'd encourage each and every one of you to do that. I think that's so important. I do. Right. I I know that there's a lot of um, aspiring songwriters, so I do want to spend a couple more minutes on that, sure. talking about that because I think that's important. But I just really want everybody to get that because it's such an important life lesson. We are gonna we all are gonna have problems. Yes. Life is always gonna interact with us. But God didn't design us to stay focused on those. Our our goal is to stay focused on Him, and that will carry us through those tough times. So good, so good. Um, f- as far as songwriting, like I say, you know, I love to get s- songs in one sitting, um, but they often don't come that way. I personally like to let songs develop over time um, and develop naturally. Uh, like I said, just for. Just for me, uh, Cross You've Carried, that song um, was, oh gosh, probably the course over uh, two years. The vast majority of the song was there, but You Were Buried in the Grave, Rose Again in Three Days. That section didn't come until a year or two later. Um, Wow. Excuse me. Most songs that I write, um, they come over a process of time where sections will develop um, over time, um, I'll get a verse here. I'll reword something there. Sometimes what you feel in a moment, even though it feels so strong, uh, I'll be quite honest. They're not always biblically accurate because mm. you're, you, you know, sometimes that spirit is flowing through your personal emotion and your emotional filter um, expresses that unction in a certain way. That's not always explicitly biblical so it's important to 
to if just because a line feels good to make sure that it aligns with the word. Um, and um, I think that's important. I've, I've changed words. I've changed structures on things because I, it needed to align with what God's word says. Um, so, uh, Good advice. you know, I think those are important. Um, I've been co-writing a lot, a lot more recently, and that's been a lot of fun learning how to write songs in kind of a more restricted fitting. Um, and so that's, that's something that I'm still learning, but, um, I, I will just say, I know the big thing right now is to, is to write, uh, you know, in, in the specific time period and for specific things, but I'd encourage you to, to let things breathe and, and songs will come um, at the right time and be completed in God's timing. And I think it'll be a blessing to those you minister to. Wow. That's so good. And you know, Mark, isn't that what ministry really is? I mean, I I just want to encourage you today, even though really you're just encouraging me, but if I can be a voice here, because uh, yes, in a second here we're going to talk about your live recording, exciting times. But isn't that just to encourage you? If you've turned people to Calvary, yes, then isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that why we do what we do? Isn't that why we record? Isn't that why we get our music yes, out there? Uh, and uh, just want to encourage you. That that's exactly what you're doing, my friend, and I'm very proud Thank of you. Thank you so much. I now, appreciate that. you've got a live recording coming up in yes. just a very short amount of time, and it's a perfect <laughs> time to have you on the show because, man, we're right on the precipice of that. So excited for you. It's coming up in January. Uh, oh tell us about uh, how that came to pass. Why did you decide to do a live recording? What does the process look like? You can take as long or as short as you would like on this but and drop any knowledge for the listeners maybe uh uh any spoilers you want to give us we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it uh but take it away bro live recording sure man i'm so excited about this live recording obviously um it's many many years in the making or <laughs> many years from my life perspective in the making right. um i had a group back in new york and just things didn't work out for us to do a recording then, but um, now things have worked out for us to do it, and I'm just so thankful to the Lord for working things out. Um, I just, gosh, I want to encourage everybody. Uh, when God drops a God dream in your spirit, most times not everything is going to be readily apparent to you, mm. but I promise you, if you will pursue that God dream to the best of your ability, God will place the right people in your path. He'll place the money in your hands. He'll work out the details. Um, and that's what he's done for me with this recording. I certainly didn't have all the money six months ago when I made the decision to do it. Um, I certainly didn't know all the people that needed to be in place. Um, you know, when, when I, made that decision. And I had some people in place that I had to change uh, because I just, um, it's important to get the right team around you. And sure. and sometimes I think we're, we're a little afraid of, you know, hurting feelings here and there and, and that can happen. And, and that's always so sad. Uh, but um, it's important right. though, that 
you know, you get the right team for you. And there are some really, really amazing people um, that just may not be the greatest fit for your team or what you're trying to accomplish or your budget, whatever the reason may be. I just encourage you to pursue God's path for that God dream and follow it wherever it leads and do it with the most integrity that you possibly can. Yes, sir. Because God looks at that. God looks at the integrity of your process. That's just as important as um, the end product. Um, you know, the end justifies the means is a secular term. There is no way that that, there's nothing about that that's biblical. So we want to make sure that our process has integrity just as much as the end product does. Right, right. So um, I think for me, like I said, I didn't have all of those details together. Um, I started um, talking to musicians and singers and and people that I might want to do solos with on the project. And not all of those have worked out. Um, The producer was the biggest decision along this process and has ultimately been the biggest help for me. Um, Everybody does it a little differently. Right. Some people want to do everything, and I think that's great for them. Um, I'm a married man with a with a family, another child on the way. I have a you know a full time job at the church, and I work a full time job outside of the church. Oh my! Um, and so, on top of that, I minister out you know relatively regularly, even through COVID. So just being able to manage all of those details is just not something that I can do. So for me to be able to field some of those activities out and have somebody else manage that comes at a little bit higher price tag for me than other people that could probably do all those details themselves. Um, so I just, you know, don't be afraid of, of, uh, of going your own path and doing what's best for you. Again, as long as it's with integrity yeah, and, um, advice. and, and uh, in line with what God has. And, and of course this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it is 2020, almost 2021. Right. You know, your pastor needs to approve everything that you that you do, or or whoever that pastor is in your life. And Absolutely. I don't want to say mentor, or somebody that gives you advice. I really want to. I, I it should be your pastor. Yes. You know, if you're if you're a pastor, pastors have pastors. So um, it's important to make sure that that pastor gives you approval and says, you know what, I I agree with that, or at least I trust your relationship in God, with God enough to give you approval to do that. One of those two responses. So, um, I'm, uh, the recording is January 15th. It's a Friday night in Columbus, Ohio at Calvary Apostolic Church. Um, it starts at 7.30 with a, a pre-recording concert, and I'll give, uh, since this is Nathan French and Rachel uh, podcast. I'll give you guys a couple of spoilers. Yes, but, please do. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yes. we have a. You um, heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we have a pre-recording concert at seven thirty, and um, it's going to be uh, Sister Elena Young from Canada and uh, Brother Trayland um, from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Um, there, so that's going to be amazing. And then we've got 10, um, 10 songs that might bleed a little bit into 11. Um, man, I love both of them the, so much, man. Oh, they're fantastic, aren't they? My goodness, they're so much talent. So anointed. Yes. yes. Wow, that's exciting. 
And uh, if you if you haven't already planned, LNA has a, a song called No Shadow coming out Friday. Um, this is currently is Wednesday, uh, December 30th, right now when we're taping. Um, but it's the first of December, so if if this comes out after that, make sure that you go check that out. Um, it's an awesome song. Absolutely. But in any case, um, they're going to be doing the pre-recording concert, and then the recording starts at eight o'clock. Um, and we're just we're just going to shoot off like a rocket, man, and we're not going to stop. I'm. Yes. I, we've got just incredible, incredible music. The Lord's helped us uh, to put together. Um, I give all credit, all glory to the Lord for the songs that we've been able to write for this project. Um, again, you know, as I've said, some songs long time in the making. I think I walked in here with, with uh, a song bank of about 30, 30 plus songs. Wow. And we still end up writing uh, three or four specifically for this project that are on the CD. So um, it's just how it happens sometimes. But uh, <laughs> God blessed us and helped us. Um, and I think we've got a, a great product put together, and I look forward to anybody that can be there. Um, if you're looking for tickets to that event, if you, we have a lot of people traveling from all over the country. Um, you can buy tickets from Eventbrite. Just search for Faith Over Fear, um, or you can go to my Instagram, and a link to the Eventbrite page is there in my bio. Man, what an exciting, exciting time for you, bro, and to have... Uh, Draylen and Lenny and and so much exciting things happening. That is going to be an incredible night, and I want to encourage all the listeners to stay tuned to that. If you're in the area, or even if not, uh, you need to make plans to attend that event. It's going to be incredible, bro. I'm so excited Praise for God. you. Now, yeah. uh, while we're in uh, the vein of just music here, because I want to talk to you just a little bit about your preaching ministry, but yes, uh, uh, while we're in the vein of this. David side of your ministry. Um, you did a phenomenal job leading worship at General Conference Online. Uh, what was it like leading worship at an online-only conference? And and while you're in this vein, what are some challenges that worship leaders face when leading people into worship, whether it's online or in person? Absolutely. Um, I think... With worship leading, I don't view myself as a single unit when I worship. I really view it from the perspective of the team. And worship, I, I think worship leaders are important, but it's just as much to have everybody on that team on the same page. Right. Because the, the buy-in that you have from the worship leaders um, that are with you up there, praise team, whatever you want to call them, they're the musicians even they're just as vital to the response and the connection of the audience. And um, so that we all can kind of come together and worship God together and give him all of the glory. And so I, you know, especially in online services, you know, everybody, no matter what the situation is, it's my personality, it's my approach. Honestly, it's just who I am, but everybody just kind of said, you know, Mark's going to, you know, It'd be all excited and everything, but that's because that's just who I am. I've always been that way right. since I was since I was four, five, and six years old, singing in Christmas programs at Calvary Gospel in Madison, Wisconsin, under Pastor Grant. I've just always been that way. That is who I am. I'm going to be there, rain, snow, sleet, you know, in the middle of hellfire. I'm going to give everything <laughs> I've got. It's just who I am. Right. And um, but making sure that you have your team 
bought into that perspective and what the goal is with with being you know if, energetic if you want to use that word but the word i really like to use is passionate about worshiping god because that helps other people engage it's like when you hear a preacher and people aren't clapping their hands they're not they're not saying amen you're sitting next to a visitor you know it, there's if they grew up in a catholic or a methodist tradition um, you know, they may understand that because they view it as listening to the preacher and being receptive to the word. But so much of the world now is unchurched. So many people that claim to be Methodist or Catholic really don't have any true church background to speak of. Right. And they recognize uh, agreement and they recognize support from football games and basketball games. And so when you don't reflect that support hand clap or right, a yeah. shout up hallelujah or a raised hand, that disconnect on what you actually say you believe versus what you show you believe, wow. it's lost on the unchurched. And so I really hammer that away with our team to make help them understand that we want to reflect our support for God. We want to reflect our confidence in what the Lord says about himself in the word that he has given us and those words that are reflected in the songs that we sing. And so I really try to make sure that that's a concept that we, um, we live out. Um, and especially in a worship leading experience with general conference, it was a ton of fun. We had a really, really great team that was able to help us out there in, in, in St. Louis to get that done. And for me personally, my perspective was, you know, this is just no different. Um, we, you know, I had my same, you know, kind of uh, smaller version of the talk that I just gave on this particular concept and all of all those people bought in and we really had a team that worshiped like the place was packed. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. Ultimately, people that are watching it and consuming it are far too often kind of looking at it as a show and sure. you know, sitting in their recliner and drinking their, you know, <laughs> Coke or water or whatever. Right. And just kind of, Oh, this is nice. Um, so I don't want to be, I, I don't want to fail to encourage them to stand. I don't want to fail to encourage them to clap their hands. That's all the more vital. being encouraging of those things are, are really important in a normal church service in my perspective, but all the more in this brave new world of worship leading where it's done online because it reminds them, hey, we're in a church service and we clap here and we lift our hands here and we worship God with our mouths here and not just think of what we would say to God, but we're going to actually vocalize our praise to the Lord. So using those directives in an online scenario to me become increasingly important. Amen. That's so true. And, uh, man, I could feel the presence of God uh, coming through my laptop. So you guys did it, man. It was an incredible event, and I loved awesome. seeing you lead worship. Uh, now, I, if I can have just a couple moments of your time, I do want to just yeah. hear about, um, you know, you talked about David, the call, the gift of music, but the call to be a king. So you've got yeah. this gift of music but you're also called to be a preacher. You're a great preacher, and God uses you Praise in that God. ministry. Uh, and so what I what I do on this podcast is I try to kind of just get the vibe from different men of God on what do study habits 
look like for you? And that can be as practical as how do you prepare a message, you know, between praying about it and actually getting it ready to take it to the pulpit. Uh, What does that look like for you? What are some study habits? How do you prepare uh, to preach a message? Yeah, it's a combination of things. You know, it can be um, seeking God for a specific instance and that uh, for for that specific service or what have you. And it can also be a scenario where there's something, just a concept that you think is vital for the moment that comes out of um, scripture, scripture reading. Um, I, I think that's always important. I, I, especially if you're reading through the Bible through the year, there are times where we just kind of think, you know, well, this concept that really hits me here is just, you know, just in the course of reading, but I, it's just so funny how God works, where he aligns the events of a particular right. um, audience or a particular yeah. church that you're ministering at. Mm-hmm. That just perfectly coincides with your daily reading. I think that's important. Um, this year's been obviously different, uh, just that because of how the church has reacted to the circumstances of the day with coronavirus and government regulations and new standards for how we approach interacting with each other and being in general worship services and the effect that's had on the people of God, anything from, you know, being unwilling to to be actually in the house of God and being more comfortable, staying at home, feeling safer and being able to um, really address those kind of issues. And so I think, you know, there is certainly a place for addressing current issues with um, the Bible and what the Bible says. I, I just preached a message a, a couple days ago about I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in yes. my mouth. Yes. And uh, preached from that scripture and just, you know, talked about the fact that we don't want to just have a circumstance-dependent praise, but that God requires of us that consistency, that that drive to pursue him in the kingdom business. We don't just stop witnessing uh, because, you know, it may not be as easy as it was. We have, uh, during the pandemic, just within the last month and a half, there's a guy that, you know, had a, an event in his life that was a coworker of mine, and I invited him to church any number of times. He never came, but he came just with the, in the last couple of months, we started wow. having Bible studies within the last month and a half. Man, he God. got the Holy Ghost on his own in his house by watching the church live stream. It's amazing. And then I prayed for him in our next Bible study together, and he spoke in tongues then. So, um, if, you know, if you don't want to take that, he got it in his house by himself. He got it there in our Bible studies together. And this is a guy that... Um, when he came to church the first time a couple months ago, face mask, didn't want to shake my hand, any of that. Um, but he came and his arm was hurting. He had it in a sling, actually. We prayed for it. He was able to take his arm out. Pain was gone. He had incredible Damn. motion and and, uh, and activity within that arm. So that's, you know, we can't allow the circumstances of the day to hamper the calling that God is that God has, and certainly speaking to those from the Word of God is important. Um, it, I love to look at uh, it, the use Strong's concordance for various words in Scripture while I'm reading those verses, and just kind of seeing what God, um, what the original intention was when when they were when they were written. Um, so that's 
you know, that's, I think that's always a value to do, but um, I, I try to keep concepts very, very simple. From my perspective, I love in depth and, and preaching that's like eating 10 steaks at once. Yeah. You know, I've been in church all my life. So I think, you know, there's value to that for the seasoned saint. But um, I also feel like living for God is simple. And in the simplicity of living for God and in the simplicity of his love, you really can draw um, both the seasoned saint and the unchurched in a way that is biblically sound, first and foremost, um, but is is um, uh, great in its own right. And, and so I, I tend to I tend to be a little bit more of the mix between the simple and, you know, the 10 stakes, you know, <laughs> five um, stakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. Five stakes. I, I, I just, I just kind of, yeah, I stay about five stakes or, 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 or two stakes, you know, however you want to uh, align it. But I, um, I, I think that's important. You know, we want to stay in the word. I think it's great to have personal references. I think, you know, if you're in Bible college, they may tell you not to do that, but I love to have a testimony. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word yes. of our testimony. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so I have a testimony. I think it's powerful to share that. I think it's important to share that. I, people, I think people identify when you're willing to be vulnerable enough to show what God has done for you, and um, that really helps people break through their, their issues. So I could talk about this a lot longer, but I'll, I'll stop right there. <laughs> that's hey, that's beautiful, man. Thank you for that that practical application, and and I like how you hit on uh, the fact that you know the ten stakes. You know, there is a time for that for seasoned saints, Absolutely. but um, you know, my friend uh, Joe Campatella. I was I was just watching him online preach the oh, Arkansas wow. Youth you know convention. Hasn't he been fantastic? He he's incredible and he's wow. he's he's a friend of mine and and a mentor of mine and he uh, he taught me something that I'll I'll never forget. It it really changed my ministry forever. Uh, and I've had him on the podcast. He's talked about this. You can go back and and listen to it, but. Um, he told me, he said, Nathan, always preach the gospel like they've never heard it before. And, uh, that really changed, it changed my life because sometimes as apostolics or as a part of the UPCI or whatever organization you're a part of, uh, whoever's listening, you know, you can't assume that everybody knows what you're talking about. And that's why I like Mark that you hit on the simplicity of things that living for God is simple, and we have to be able to share those simple truths yeah. with people. Now, I want to kind of put a bow on this because I, I would, uh, you know, like you were saying, you've got a job, your full time ministry, you got a live recording coming up. You can't talk to me for ten hours, and that's how long I would talk to you if you would sit here. <laughs> but I want to kind of put a bow on this and close this out. And I've asked this to quite a few different men of God, and I love to get their perspective on it. But yeah. at NAYC. 19, Jack Cunningham preached a message about being apostolic to the core. Really oh, shook yeah. me that night. Really changed me. Um, I think over a thousand people got the Holy Ghost that night. I'll never forget that night. Uh, as well as all the other nights that week. But yeah. uh, 
and you talked about, you know, how we have to be apostolic to the core. It has to be a, yeah. a part of who we are. It can't just be something we do. It's who we are. And so, Mark, in your opinion, what do uh, what does Generation Z and millennials need to do uh, to just make sure we remain apostolic to the core during these last days? What would you leave us with there? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for me, the, the biggest thing with being apostolic to the core is we cannot let the culture dictate to us what Christianity looks like. And that's what I feel like so many young people are struggling with right now. Mm. When we go through the civil unrest, when we go through um, all these issues that are happening around our culture, we feel this pain. We understand the hurt. We understand the feelings of neglect and frustration. But if we want to be apostolic, then we have to deal with these issues the way the apostolics did, the way Jesus instructed us to, and not the ways that society and culture want to dictate dictate to us as to their appropriate way of dealing with them. We aren't here to be culturally relevant. We're here to be biblically relevant. Mm. And as a result of being biblically relevant, we will be culturally relevant. I promise you that. Yes. But we may get criticized in the short term. We may have... We may have people that think that we don't care as much as as they think we should, but I promise you, if you will do things the biblical way and you will follow Jesus' instruction in these incredibly hurting times, in the long game, people will see. Your love for people will supersede their hurt. Um, I don't care what color skin you are. I don't care what background you Amen. are. Amen. I don't yes. care if you were born with a silver spoon or a rubber spoon in your mouth. Right. If you can commit yourself to going about your life in the way that Jesus has instructed, your love for humanity and your willingness to be selfless for his sake will show itself in time. Uh, I, I don't. You know, I, I, I guess I, I'm going to get a little controversial here. I Go apologize ahead. in advance. Go ahead. You don't need a picket sign at every downtown town hall. Come on. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to. You know, uh, turn your profile pictures. I don't know a that's single good, profile picture turned black that is gonna that's going to change a single life. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate all the expressions of solidarity, but expressions of solidarity don't help anybody, my friend. Uh, Feeling better uh, for for two seconds because your best friend turned their screen black actually doesn't change your life. I, right. I know that's a shock because you know CNN tells you it does, but uh, that's not actually how that works. It's just um, a changing of the picture for a day. Just, right. You know, just FYI. Yeah. But so what right. will change that friend? Yeah. If you commit yourself to prayer for them. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I don't don't it. change your profile picture. Call their name in prayer. You know what we did when George Floyd was, died? We prayed for his family. Yeah, that offered more comfort than any than any picketing you know line down there. I preachers throughout history, there have been some that have, that have stood up and and been vocal about 
you know, the issues that happen in society. I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay that. I think that's important to be vocal, you know, and, and speak from, from the pulpit, from the biblical perspective to address issues and say issues are wrong and some things are right based on what the Bible says. Absolutely. That's a part of our history. Wow. But what's also part of our history is to operate in the way that Jesus has instructed, which is led by prayer and followed uh, with with love. And, and when wow. we can operate from that perspective, we don't have to do things the way the world tells us to do them. We don't have to act in a way that makes our, you know, our professor at college or our, our best friend that knows nothing about Jesus feel better because I know that if I continue to love them as Jesus would love them, they're going to see my heart and they're going to understand. So and they're going to, more than that, they're going to be drawn to that. You know, that, 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 that profile picture will fade. People will forget about that time that you picketed. People will completely disregard you for this, that, and the other thing that you did from a secular perspective. But when you operate in accordance with Jesus, those types of activities are lasting and they make, uh, they make impacts that last for eternity. Wow, man. What a beautiful answer, my friend, and so, so relevant to the times that we're living in today. And I know that I needed and we needed to hear that as listeners today. Well, Mark, man, what a, what a privilege to get to talk to you today, bro. I've so enjoyed our time together. Oh, man, I loved this. So I, I can't wait for us to connect. Um, I, I, I honestly, I, <laughs> I wanted you guys up for the recording. It just didn't work out with, with everything that was going on. But oh, when we do this another time, you guys are definitely going to be up here. I hey, love your music. Let's do I it. love your spirit. Thank you. Bro. Um, and, uh, but we're going to have you up here before too long. So man, it would be it would be a, a high honor. And, uh, man, doing doing a collaboration, would the honor would be all ours, bro, because we love and, and appreciate your ministry so much. But Mark, would you, would you pray over our listeners today and just pray over us as we continue throughout our day today? Yes. God, Jesus, we worship you. We so thank you, God, for your grace that is sufficient every single day, God, for whatever we may encounter. I ask you, God, right now that you would touch us, God, and you would bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Help us to have spirits of unity for the purpose that you have designed for our movement at this time. Lord, we know that your revival is here and that we are ready participants, God. We're going to set aside our own priorities. We're setting aside our own problems and our own issues to focus on what you have designed for us as a whole and individually, God. I ask you, God, that you would bless and bring peace to each person that is listening to us right now. And I ask, Lord, that your hand would rest upon them and give them strength in times where they may feel confused and may feel uh, pushed down and oppressed by the weights of life. We give you all of the glory, and we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come quickly. We are excited, Lord Jesus, to see you on the other side. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, man, I'm so thankful for your friendship, and I want you to know that Rachel and I believe in you, we love you, and I, I wish so badly that we could be there in Ohio, but just know that uh, we, our prayers are going to be there with you, and, and we're going to be lifting you up in prayer, and 
uh, because we're your friends, we fully expect to get the tracks before anybody else. <laughs> but uh, no, really, all jokes aside, man, we're so excited for you. We, we believe in you. I can't wait to see uh, the impact that this live recording is going to make on the nation and the world abroad. And uh, man, I'm thankful for you. I love you. And I thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, yes, sir. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show and we'll be we'll be in touch. Yes, sir.